Hello and welcome to Pandemic Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. <laughs> I'm Courtney. So we talk about the do-do's and the don't-do's of pandemic learning now? <laughs> I think so. I think that's the way we do this. So yeah. we're, you know, we we're... still hope, believe in personalized learning. Of course we do. Of course we do. Of course we do. We just have to do it no more of a pandemic model these days. So we're going to talk about uh, something that's been on your mind for a little while. That's true. It has been on my mind for a little while. So we're, we're going to talk about grading, or as I like to call it, evaluating learning. <laughs> wow. Miss Fancy over there. I don't like the term grading. You know this. Oh, uh, we, I think, if I'm not mistaken, some of our longtime listeners know that we had a whole pod series on grading a couple of years ago. And we, yeah. at the end, decided uh, we don't like grades at all. Just well, yeah, no grades. <laughs> That's what we no came up grade. with. No grades. Nothing. Grade. And I think one of the advantages these days, Courtney, is that more people are coming to the realization that it's difficult to grade when your kids mm -hmm. are not in front of you for months on end. So they're coming up with yeah. other ways to do things, which I think is fine. It's great. It's really great. However, <laughs> there are still some people that talk about grading even during pandemics like this. So why don't Yeah, there are there, why, are there are a lot. So why don't you start about some of the things that you are hearing around the world? All right. So I think I think the first thing that a lot of people are hearing right and it started with colleges with universities and now it's kind of trickling down into k-12 is the idea of going pass fail right right so get rid of eight the traditional grades whatever it is that's being used and in colleges the vast majority it's it's a four point you know it's the 4.0 mm -hmm. uh what do they call it uh, the GPA scale, it's ABCDs. Mm -hmm. um, so in some light, that's a really great move, actually. Just moving from all of that complicated as an ABCD or whatever, and just saying it's pass-fail, right? Because that's basically saying like, either you're getting the concepts and the skills or you're not, mm -hmm. right? So I, I'm kind of down with that. I'm okay with that. Okay. I don't know that I'm super okay with it when it comes uh, i'm just gonna have to be totally bluntly honest i don't think i'm okay with any kind of evaluating of learning that does anything except kind of give constructive feedback and acknowledge when learners demonstrate that they've gained a new skill or concept Clearly, if Even again, I'm not so sure. Again, if you're a longtime listener, this is no surprise. Yeah, you, this, you should not be shocked that this is coming out of my mouth. Like, so, one one question I do have for you, Courtney, is about yeah. what you just mentioned about colleges. Um, yeah, are you okay with that at the college level, also? Um, I think I'm more okay with it at the college level, university level, than I am with it at K twelve and. And I th think this is why. I think my 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 problem with it in K twelve is that 
for the most part, our K-12 learners are still at the mercy of their situ their home situation. Okay. I don't know if that's, the, you know, I, that that's not the best phrasing, but they are not um, as independent and self-determining and um, autonomous as uh, college students are. Okay. I, that's and now that's fair. not to say that college students are any better off. <laughs> like, right. Oh, sure. You know, sure. Their, their frontal cortex is slightly more developed, but, but not a whole lot. And okay. there are still definitely cases where um, a learner in a university is probably in a better situation at, on campus than they could be at home. Right. Okay. And the reverse is probably true too. Like there's, I, I think, so I, I think that's why, like, and as you can tell, I'm thinking through, it feels half formed. Like I feel much more comfortable speaking to K-12 than I do um, higher ed, sure. but that's just kind of like my sense is like. So, yeah. So here's my question, I guess, that you okay. said you're a little more okay with that at the college level, which yeah. understandably we're both a little less comfortable with that, yeah. uh, that level period. So if you're less comfortable about that in the K-12 system, then where do you think it's okay to give grades if we're grading? in the K-12 system? Right now, like in the current situation? Nah, no, let's go uh, before this all started, back in, back in the before times. In the before times. Oh, I, I think give statements that reflect acknowledging a learner has gained proficiency in a concept or a skill. You're gonna give a grade for that? No, I'm going to give a some kind of a descriptive statement. Like I will say meets, or I will say not yet. Okay. I think that's okay. I'm a, a huge fan of that. And as we you've heard us talk about, like, um, I'm not a huge fan personally of the exceeds label, and I'm not a huge fan of the does not meets label. Right. I'm not a huge fan of partially meets either. Like if I could rule the proficiency-based world, it would really just be like proficient or not yet. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. That I think if we try to break it up, uh, it's too easy to revert that to one of the older systems, like the four, three, two, one that you talked about or the ABCD yeah. you have exceeds meets partially meets does not meet. It kind of lends itself to being equivalent. And right. if, if we talk about comparing, it, you're still trying to compare learners to want to other learners. And right. That's, that's not the point of. Right. It's, it's more focused about the learning. Yes. And it, you either know it and have provided evidence for it or right. you haven't yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I totally think that is the way that we've been kind of ramping on this for what, four and a half years now in this pod <laughs> but now that we're in pandemic learning some of these so now things that we're in pandemic open, learning, right? oh i have lots of thoughts on this oh good i know and it's like it's so hard to get them out in a coherent way but <laughs> number one you know, 
the thing, Courtney, I think podcasts are like long form articles that yeah. haven't, <laughs> that haven't quite been through the editing process. So uh, you have all the time you need. We can go Dan Carlin eight hour <laughs> podcasts if you'd like. No, no. All right. Well, here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say in that in the vast majority of public schools in the United States, let alone Maine, schools and districts were not ready, did not have the capacity and did not have the technical ability to deliver quality distance learning. Totally agree. Right? Yep. Every district, in Maine anyway, can, can count on a statistic of learners not who don't have access to internet, regardless of the reason why, socioeconomic or just the fact that in Maine, internet doesn't go everywhere. Yep, a lot of trees in Maine. <laughs> there are a lot of trees, and there are pockets in well-populated areas that do not get internet. Mm -hmm, very true. Right? So, so that kind of like the lack of capacity on the half of schools, that which I imagine is true in a lot of other states too, the mm -hmm. lack of access to, yep. to the internet. Um, and there are a lot of other reasons, but those two things together kind of create a situation where offering a grade of any kind is really unfair. Talk about the unfairness. The, well, the, the playing field isn't level. Yes, like, I, I, I think we will both argue the playing field wasn't level before. I think it's even, even more obviously unlevel now. Exactly, now it's out in the open. Yes. Totally agree. Well, and even at that, you know, to, to kind of push back on you there, Matt, like, yeah, the playing field was uneven and we still had six to seven hours a day where we as teachers in a district had those learners. Mm -hmm. That that contact time is gone now. Agreed. So the, you know, the inequities are heightened even more. Yep. Okay. Totally with you. Yeah. So uh, because of that, I just, it's not, it's not fair to expect right now. Anyway, it's not fair to expect learners to, to do well, to, you know, to, to have success. It's not fair to expect them to be okay. able to gain proficiency in anything, right? Okay, so what is one of your solutions offered to narrative, the listening crowd? Yeah, narrative feedback only. Okay. Narrative or descriptive feedback only. Okay. I do think it's, oh, see, I'm about to say this, and then I'm like, I don't know. I'm I was about to say, I think it's okay to kind of use any evidence of learning produced during this time towards proficiency mm -hmm. at the same time the other half of me is saying that rewards privilege okay i hear what you're saying there but i hear what you're saying there and if kids are providing evidence of learning and some others aren't due to their situation aren't we penalizing the kids who are learning if just because of the situation, I'm not sure if that came out right. So I think what I hear you say is that 
so like on the flip side, so I'm saying like, you can't reward any, like I'm simplifying it, right? Like, but you can't award anything because of some circumstances that would be punishing people. And you're saying, well, other side of the coin, if you're not, if you're not acknowledging rewarding anything, then you're punishing the learners who can. A little bit, I would say, because we always, we talk a lot about anywhere, anytime learning and evidence is evidence. And if kids are providing evidence, isn't that what we have been uh, talking about and, and preaching, as it were, for like four years? I just had like a soul rocking question pop into Ooh, my head. Nice. Day. Go for it. <laughs> Is anytime, anywhere learning problematic from the fans <laughs> of equity? <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is a great question. And yeah, I'm not sure the answer to that. No, I certainly don't have one. Well, here's, here's, my, here's my first response to that, I, I guess. If, if we have been talking about anywhere, anytime learning and been pushing that and preaching about that and watching it work for years, we were still privileging the ones who could right because of their homes home situation all along right we just didn't really think about it as openly as you just asked it so but i guess one of my questions for the listeners that i'd love to have some feedback on that i don't know the answer to is is that true and what do we do about it because i don't want to hold kids back but i guess it would be how do we provide any type of supports to the ones that can't because of their uh, home lives. Yeah. So we just got uh, zoom bombed. (laughs) That was awesome. I saw a third one come up and I'm like, what the, (laughs) who is that? I'm like, Oh, it's, it's Colleen. (laughs) Yeah. Thankfully it was someone Matt knows. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. That was good. I was just like, okay, how do I get rid of this person? But yeah. Cause I've got all these new buttons like security yeah. and stuff. So I can kick people out pretty much quickly Yeah. if I had to, but it's like, no, I don't know how to do that quickly. Yeah. So what were we awesome. talking about? Right. We were talking about inequities. inequities. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anytime, anywhere learning and grading and. Um, we, t- I, I think yeah. I asked for like listener help with that. Yeah. Um, so I can edit right from there. Um, so, well, so let, me, uh, let me ask you, Matche, what do you think is appropriate or not appropriate for grading or whatever you want to call it right now? Oh, I am totally with you, Courtney, about uh, giving descriptive feedback for kids. I think uh, some of the feedback that, that I've heard from our principals and learners is that in this time, our high school students, that's what I'm, I'm talking about, high school students now, have said they really like the, A, not getting up at 7 a.m. to go to school. <laughs> yeah. So adjusting their own schedule. But they also have mentioned a lot about how they really like the feedback that they're getting from their teachers instead of grades. Huh, weird. Yeah, which I think shocked some people. Really? Because I, uh, I think it shocked some adults rather than did the kids. Okay. And, and I was like, well, of course, good for you. And mm. teacher's like, well, I never thought they'd be able to be motivated without a grade. And I apparently I convinced this one teacher that he was talking about to stop grading. 
Uh, this was before we went out of in-person learning, uh, nice. but, the, but they continued it for a while and it worked out really nicely that it, it was no big deal for the kids at this point. Uh, so yeah. it, it works for a lot of kids. It may not for others. I mean, to be very honest, you have to set up a, right. a, a culture uh, of, of grading being less uh, important and feedback being most important. I think that would be a, a good way to talk about. We talked about culture being the end-all be-all of where you start to change right. to personalized learning. And I think grading uh, lends itself to that pretty quickly. So I'm totally with you that grades are not a motivator. There's no research behind it. Uh, descriptive feedback and telling kids how they've done and how they can do better is better than getting a 94 and assuming that that's a pretty good grade, but it doesn't really help you right. get better. Right, right, right. So there's one thing you mentioned before that I wanted to follow up on. Okay. Uh, you mentioned before, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but you said something like, right now, it's not fair to be grading during pandemic learning. So I guess my question for you would be, when we oh, return yeah. to some type of in-person learning, which may be blended, but it's definitely right. gonna, let's, let's uh, for the purposes of the question, let's assume that some kids are back in school, in in-person okay. school. Um, yep. what, do you, what do you think then? Um, I actually don't even think it hinges on like, you know, the magical and now we're back in school moment. Like, <laughs> like I think what it really comes down to is, um, I think, I think a district or a school is ready to start evaluating and reporting on learning in some way. Once there is a clear and consistent distance learning plan that is able to be implemented across the school or across the district. So let me, let me summarize that and see if I've got that right. So when a distance learning is ready to go mm -hmm. across a district, then you're okay with bringing in the feedback only part. Or did I get that backwards? I'm okay with feedback. I mean, I think if you're going to do anything now, feedback only is, is fine. Yep. My, my huge issue is that once it's learned, used for any kind of determination, you have to move forward and start to document learning and move them forward in learning. You might call it new learning. <laughs> like, um, I think that has to happen at some point, but I don't think it can happen until there's a really clear, comprehensive plan. Okay. I think we're going to be talking a lot more. I think, I think we're going to talk a lot more about that, but I, yeah. I think that if we're rethinking the way we do school in general, which I think most districts in the country slash world are now, then I think how we grade, if we grade, what does grading look like? I, I think those questions are natural because I, oh, yeah. I, I think when in-person learning resumes and kids are used to the do no harm type of grading that I think most right. states have, have talked about now, um, yeah. and then they start getting harmful grades as it were, 
Right. Well, so I guess I want to jump in and say that I don't, I mean, you know, my general philosophy to begin with is that like, no, I don't want any school to go back to any kind of harmful grading practices. Well, you are the queen of grading practices as of right now, I've heard. Yes. So everybody, we are just doing either. You can either have complete narrative feedback, period, no grades, no determinations, or you can have a proficiency system that is simply meets or not yet. Those are your choices. And if you don't like it, uh, I don't know, pound sand? <laughs> is that what the kids say these days? One of my favorite podcasts, you can shut your pie hole. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's very fair. And I think uh, I would love to have some feedback from our listeners about what this looks like and what their thoughts are. Uh, We're definitely going to be following up on this as we go. Uh, I think that wraps up our grading for today. Yeah, I think so too. Do you want to talk about our parking lot really quick? Oh yeah, that's it. So on our parking lot, we had a really great comment and kind of request from a high school teacher kind of being like, uh so what is everybody else doing pretty much (laughs) pretty much so we'd love to hear from some high schools whether you're a teacher an administrator something in between a coach who knows um either you know message us on facebook um email us or pop it up on the parking lot i think it would be neat if we could get a little little high school centered show going it'd be really good um, I'm going to read it just to give our listeners a, a sense of what it looks like. Uh, it's, from, it's from Jenny Clock of the New Liberty Innovation School in Salem, Massachusetts. And she says, in my tiny competency-based high school, we have started the conversation about how to get our seniors to the finish line. That's a great question. I think most, mm-hmm. most districts are trying to figure that out now too. For many of them, they need to meet our requirements and our essential habits competencies, respectful, organized, mindful, sensible, I want to support them to get to the finish line, but we have a history of hand-holding them there. It's harder Uh, to hand-hold in this environment. Yep. (laughs) How do we set a reasonable bar that accounts for the circumstances, but still expects the learners to show up and do their part? And that's that's why she asked for other help from the high schools. Uh, I think that's a great, great question. Uh, I'd love to hear what other high schools are doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have some thoughts on this, but I'm going to wait till next time when we explore this a little further. Perfect. Uh, that'll be probably next week, I would say. So not that. Yeah, long. that works. So yeah, so get your ideas to us by next week. So Matt, where can they give us their ideas and where can people find So you can, you can find us on Twitter at PLearnMC. You can find us on Facebook at PLearnMC and our website uh, where this parking lot question came from is PLearnMC.com and just click on the parking lot and you can respond directly to Jenny's question or put thoughts of your own and engage with us and engage with each other. And we'd love to get people's voices out there. Um, so if you'd like to be on the pod and respond to some of these questions, uh, let us know. Uh, I assume everybody are Zoom experts at this point. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, and with that, I guess we will talk next time. Perfect. It doesn't matter what I'm alone